good and greatly to be praised. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, turn and greet somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them here this morning. Hallelujah. Good to see each and every one of you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. As we come together, together, together to hear the good word of God and to be ministered to, I'm so grateful for all the relationships that are in this room. You know, Train Ministers Network is a group of ministers that God brought together to become a, a cohesive family and to help and to aid and to edify and to build one another up. And the great thing about it is we've got to not only be interested in our story, but we need to be interested in the stories of others. And, um, you know, I was just meditating as we were worshiping the Lord and raising our hands and exalting the Lord. You know, as my attention goes to the Lord, it seems that he begins to direct my attention towards others. And uh, as I begin to think about all the wonderful relationships that are in this room and, and that God has allowed us to be a part of their individual stories. I, it's really what truly enriches our lives is to be a part of someone else's story and to, and to aid and to help. And that's the spirit that I just really want to foster in Trained Ministers Network and in the church and anything that we do is that we need to be about lifting people up, edifying, building up ministries, and being there. Even if it's just to be a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on, that's what we need to be. Amen? And we may not have all the answers, but we know who, someone who does. And uh, we can seek together. But I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm just thinking about all the wonderful stories. I think about Rebecca coming, the first Bible study we had on a Wednesday night back in 2007. And I was just thinking, who is this? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But the Lord just brought us together and brought someone. I remember meeting Kevin for the first time. I'd known Kevin, the notorious Kevin Varnell. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, hallelujah, thank God he's redeemed, set free. <clears throat> Was meeting in a barn with a group of people, having a good church there. Had a Sunday night church in Drumright, Oklahoma, and the Lord brought us together. I think about Daniel, seeing Daniel come in right when we started this building right here. Now, he had attended a few times over here, but... He was busy on the weekends. He was running the pier and things like that, and and uh, he would show up, and I just knew the minute I saw him and his wife that he was supposed to be with us. And there's some people, how many pastors know that? There's some people walk in the door, you just know they ain't going to stay. And, there, and, and there's some people that walk in, you say, I've known this person all my life, even though I've never physically met them. How many know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's just some people that just don't fit. And that's, that's the great thing about having all these wonderful churches and having all these wonderful shepherds is because not everybody fits in one church. And they're not meant to. And we've got to be okay with that. Amen? And, uh, you know, I think about, you know, meeting Pastor Brent. And, and I remember 
meeting him and, and communicating with him for the first time and, and uh, it was endeavoring to to, to to this building I think is where, where we began to um, and he said man I, I feel called to uh, start a work and you know so glad that the Lord enabled us to be a part of that story even if it was just encouragement and prayer I think about Ramon when he took over the church that he was attending there and and transition happened and he invited us in and I'm grateful for that those are stories that enrich my life you know we can talk about what God's done in us all we want to but really we're going to be rewarded by what God does in others through us amen and so it's very important I, I remember meeting Jason for the first time and um, you know and just knowing that an exciting so grateful that someone down the road from here has the same hookup and the same vision and the same way of looking at ministry that, that I did because you know there's that's not a lot out there and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not online so I can say what I want um, <laughs> but uh, there's just not a lot out there guys and there's just not a lot of camaraderie and there's not a lot of people lifting and helping other people. And, uh, you know, I met Steve years and years and years and years ago. And uh, God brought our paths together. And I've been so enriched by seeing his story. You know, it doesn't matter what season you are in your life. God's not through with you. And God gave this man and this woman a building and gave, gave them a ministry. And praise the Lord. You know, sometimes we look at it and we wish we were 20 or 30, but you're the right time, the right place, the right age to do what God's called you to do. And we're just blessed to be a part of your story. Amen. Candace and DJ, just so blessed to be a part of their story and to see what God is doing. And then, of course, Kenny. You know, Kenny's my brother, and uh, I count myself as a powers. <laughs> and, uh, but... Uh, I love him so dearly, and, and just at, over the last five years, I've just seen just tremendous, it's just God has just tremendously grown the church, and it's just wonderful to be a part of that story, and uh, Michael, it's a wonder, wonderful to be a part of your story, and, and, and you be a part of ours, amen? And so, as I've shared about meeting each and every one of you and I've you know I'm so excited about Wade I'm so excited about come on now I'm excited I'm excited about Pastor T amen hallelujah I just want you to you know cultivate that kind of attitude because we're here to serve one another and to lift one another up we're not here to compete and compare we're not here to size each other's ministry up and see how many people we've got coming in and what we can do Listen, all of you are important to the kingdom of God and vital to the body of Christ. And I'm very, very blessed. And I can't forget Woody. I can't forget Woody. Because he'll tell me about it when we get home. He'll... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's so good. I met, uh, I met Woody at uh, an IA meeting. And, uh, you know, God connected our hearts. And uh, I brought him in for an arise, second arise we had. He did a tremendous job for us, and we've been fast friends ever since. And, and grateful that, um, you know, he started, you know, he went back to his mother's church, and now he's taken that over, and, and, and grateful to be a part of that journey. 
and uh, I'm not saying that in the sense that I, I give something special to these guys because I don't know what in the world I do. All I know is they're my friends, I love them, and I will stand with them. And that's really what, that, that's, that's really what a minister's network needs to be about. It, it needs to be about that, not about dues, not about your commitment to it. It needs to be about friendship, relationship, and coming together and being one. Amen? And that's what we want. Well, I love you. Amen. I, I tell you what, I, I love all of you, and I just, I just, I just want to share that with you. And, um, and there are people in this room that, you know, too numerous to count and to go over their individual stories, but we're grateful. And, you know, I've been enriched because you've been a part of my story. Amen? And uh, so that's what it's all about. So we're going to take up our offering for our meeting this, this morning. And so excited. Wade is always excited to give because Wade sees it not as a begrudging, you know, obligation. He sees it as an opportunity. Amen. And if you want to uh, begin to get in God's economic system, you need to see offerings as an opportunity. And so we want to give you an opportunity uh, to give to the um, conference so that we can, you know, give our uh, good ministers uh, a good offering uh, this week as they minister to us, as they give us spiritual things. We need to give them physical things. Amen? And so we're going to communicate unto, unto them and all good things. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to give. Amen? So I'm going to pray over the offering. We're going to take it up, and then I'm going to introduce our guest for this morning. And uh, we're going to see the power of God move. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for each and every person that is here. We thank you, Father God, for their individual giftings and callings and those that are stepping in to what you have called them to do. Lord, we just want this to be a springboard. We want this to be a place in which they can find direction, and they can find edification to go forth and to run their race. And we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm very blessed to introduce my good friend, Pastor Jason Crum. And I'll have him come on up here as he's adjusting himself. And he's always pressed and dressed. Amen. I'm wearing a hardcore Jesus shirt and he's got his little vest on. But praise God. We're glad that he's here. Amen? Hallelujah. You love the Lord this morning? Yep. All right, all five of us. Amen. Praise God. Do you love the Lord this morning? Yep. All right, it's getting better. Do you love the Lord this morning? Yep. Hallelujah. And we'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. One translation says, on my lips. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I uh, laughed when Pastor Greg said he considered himself a powers. Apparently, <clears throat> others consider me a powers. On Sunday night, I was here, and after the service, a gentleman I didn't know come and put his arm around me and said, Brother Powers, it's so good to see you. <laughs> He said, I know you're not Kenny, but I don't remember what, what is Kenny's brother. What is your name? I said, Jason. <laughs> he said, Jason Powers. I'll never forget that. 
so when my, my wife called and she said, how did it go? I said, there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, I went to the Arise conference tonight and, uh, and was adopted into a family. It was awesome. I should have told him different. But apparently crumb meant nothing to him. And powers was somewhat important. Huh? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Pastor Powers is here this morning, and we're going to share some things with you, all right? <laughs> Glory to God. Carla said, uh, Carla said, you do, from a distance, resemble Kevin, because y'all dress a lot alike, you walk alike, you kind of carry yourself alike, and I said, have you been staring at Kevin? <laughs> She said, what if I have? <laughs> if you don't know Sister Carla, you need to meet her. She's a laugh a minute. Um, but can I testify? Just testify before we get into the Word. Twelve days ago, we had a baby that had been at our house for two and a half weeks because our daughter gave birth to a baby. Little baby boy brought him home. It was a joy. We passed him around, loved on him, and uh, 13 days ago, something started happening in his body. We wasn't quite sure what was going on, but by Thursday morning, um, about a week and a half ago, uh, I guess, what is today, Tuesday, almost two weeks now, um, he began to pass uh, dark urine, okay? And uh, we couldn't tell of his blood, couldn't tell what it was. And Sister Carla called me. I was running. We run a business. Um, and so uh, she called me and she said, something's wrong. I want you to pray. So we began to pray together and stand on the Word of God. And, uh, and I, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but I feel the Holy Ghost. And so as we began to pray... She said, what do you want me to do? I said, call the baby's pediatrician and see what she has to say. So she said, bring her to me. Bring him to me. You guys come right now. Bring him to me. And so um, she went over to the pediatrician, went in. They looked at the baby. They said, we can't tell anything at this time. But we're going to send you... Um, we're going to send you over to another doctor to look. But in the meantime, just go home and wait. We'll call you. So early afternoon on Thursday, they called and said, you need to be in the truck on the way to the ER. So Sister Carla, we've been here before. We've been here before. So Sister Carla jumps in the truck with Kelsey, our daughter, and the baby. They head for St. Francis. They go into the uh, Nick you there. Some of y'all are familiar with the children's hospital. They go inside. They begin to run tests on this baby, and they come back with bad news. They said, somehow he has contacted E. coli and has gone sepsis. If you guys know your medical terminology, sepsis is dangerous in anyone. It's especially da dangerous in an infant. 
So we're praying. We've passed the word to our church. I called Pastor Greg, others, uh, Pastor Brent. We're passing the word back and forth. And uh, Oak Hill uh, Church is famous for praying. And they went to war. And so we dealt with this for several days. Um, they said uh, that we have the test in front of us. It shows that his kidneys have been enlarged since he was in the womb. We don't know how to fix that at this time, but we're going to concentrate on saving his life. So they begin to do all these things, and they're working. The poor little fellow was losing weight, dropping ounces, which as especially you mothers know, you can't, you can't watch a baby drop weight for very long when they only weigh seven pounds. And so he's dropping weight. He's very sick. Eyes go yellow. He's jaundiced. All this is happening. We don't know why. God began to deal with me in the dark of that moment and said, hang on, he's somebody. And I know the plans that I have for him. So I had a promise. And so I told Carla, I said, hang on, baby. Just hang on, he's somebody. And God's got an answer for this. But we're going to see what God has in store. So we spent the next few days praying. I've been preaching a message, a sermon series at the church, and now I'm being tested. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This will go easier if you'll help me. And so I've been on a sermon series for, I don't know, probably a month and a half. And uh, how many Oak Hill people I got here? Y'all help me with this. We, uh, we've been preaching fast and pray, declare and decree, manifest, repeat. And that's my series. And right now we're in the middle of repeat. We're almost done. And I had to repeat what I'd been preaching. We stood our ground. We prayed. Oak Hill was praying. Sunday morning, it wasn't looking real great. About a week ago, Sister Carla said, we want you guys to pray during the service, all of y'all together. So we took hands in the front. We prayed over Archer. His name's Archer. And just about the time we started to pray over Archer, God said, I don't need you to pray over Archer. I need you to thank me and praise me that this is already done. So we began to praise. We got in repeat. We started praising, thanking God for what he had already done. So Sunday night, they run more tests. Monday morning, they run more tests. Monday afternoon, they run more tests. I said, why are they running so many tests? Carla said, they can't find anything. So Tuesday, Tuesday morning, a medical doctor walks into the St. Francis Hospital I room there and tell Sister Carla, he said, I have no explanation. This is a conundrum to me. He said, not only is the E. coli gone, the sepsis is gone, his blood pressure has gone to normal, everything has gone to normal, and we have not treated the kidneys, but they're normal. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I will bless the Lord 
at all times. And I'm on repeat. So I'm going to tell you this morning, I didn't come here for any other reason than to preach. I'm not worried about Carla. I'm not worried about that baby. I just got a picture. They're on the highway headed home. Hallelujah. Released this morning by the power of God. They kept him for days. They kept testing, testing, testing. One more ultrasound. One more ultrasound. They'd come back and say, we don't understand. But I've got a God who loves me now. He said he loved me when I was unlovable. He loved me when I didn't even know who he was. The Bible says, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I thank God today that we're here by the grace of God. So I come to testify. I don't know if I'm going to preach or testify, but I'm going to tell you this. I am a living testimony that he will do it again, my friend. I've been healed too many times, seen him do too many things. Someone asked me, said, is Sister Carla okay? And I told them 12 days in the hospital is nothing for her. She's on repeat. You see, it was about 10 years ago, eight years ago. This one's sitting right here on the powers row. <laughs> Same thing happened to her almost exactly. E. coli, sepsis. She's not going to make it. Carla stood at the bedside of her for 36 days with a death grip on the side of that bed and dared a doctor to throw her out. And she spent all that time praying. They said, are you going to go to work? I wasn't going to work either. They said, are you going to go to work? I said, no. They said, what are you doing? I said, she's there for Katie and I'm there for her. And about the 30th, 29th or 30th day, I was walking the halls. I didn't have any answers. I was tired and I was out of answers. We'd prayed, we'd prophesied, we'd declared, we'd done everything we knew how to do, and now we were standing. Because sometimes that's all you have left. And I was standing in the hallway, and God said, Walk with me. And I began to walk down through the halls, and God said, I sent my word and healed them all. And He said, Today I'm going to send a word. And I'm going to heal her. I said, speak the word, Lord. My ears long to hear you. And God said, you go back in that room, put the unbelief out, because they were sitting in there, professional mourners. Hello, Job. Put the unbelief out, and he said, you say this, you read this over her body. When I passed by you in the way and I saw you in your blood, I said, live. Within four hours, her colon started working. Her lungs started working. 
The nurse walked in and said, why is she on oxygen? I said, because they said she couldn't breathe. She said, she's breathing fine. She pulled the oxygen off. They pulled the iron kidneys off. Y'all not talking to nobody. They, they began to back off everything. They even had a room reserved because they said, we're going to take her colon out. If she's gone sepsis, we're going to take her colon out. The colon started working. Everything started working. She's here today in the powers row. By the grace of God, her name's Katie May. So I just come today with one thing to tell you that we don't live in the past, we live in a now. And I'm going to preach with the help of God and the grace of God on, on this. Um, I'm going to preach on, on uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a man's book and I'm going to turn it into God's word. I read, someone came to me some time back and said, have you heard of Eckhart Tolle? Some of you scholars probably know who that is, but he wrote a book called The Power of Now. The problem was is he left God out of the whole book. And God began to deal with me about it. I read just a few, few verses or a few paragraphs into the book and started scanning through. I couldn't find God in there. And I'm not into mysticism. I'm not even into psychology. And I began to study and I began to read all this and God began to deal with me and he said, you tell the people that I'm a right now God in a right now moment and that I never leave them nor forsake them even till the end of the age. And so today I come to share some things with you. Y'all gonna help me preach this little sermon, won't you? All right, I'll take eight, that's good. Y'all gonna help me preach this? Oak Hill? Wednesday crowd hallelujah and so I want to take you into Romans is that alright amen we bring you greetings from Oak Hill Church we appreciate the opportunity to be here with this great pastor and his family and his church family we love them all appreciate Pastor Brent Pastor Woody Pastor Kevin Kenny sorry Pastor Bob, all of you that, Pastor Ramon, I've not got to know yet, uh, like I believe I will, but I was almost there last night, brother, I was almost there. If you'd have done three more to your left, my line dancer about came out, amen, I was, I was right there, hallelujah. We cleaned that up and called it the Holy Ghost three-step when John P. Key sang, uh, come on now. When John P. Key was at Higher D, he said, uh, uh, we call this the Holy Ghost three-step. It was really just line dancing, and I understood it. But I didn't grow up dancing like these new kids dance, you know. Ramon's got moves. <laughs> uh, he's got moves. I grew up with hats. You know what I'm talking about? Lots of hats. And to do all the hats, you just had to get in there with them and bounce. You know, it was just a kind of a bounce you just had to learn to bounce anyway so I was good at bouncing but I wasn't ever good at grooving Pastor Ramon's got moves hallelujah y'all ready to go into the word yeah. Romans 13 how much time do I have 
Pastor, he didn't work on that record real hard last night. Didn't Pastor Chad bring a word? I didn't get to hear him Sunday morning, but Sunday night, that was powerful stuff. Great stuff. Amen. We've heard from a prophetic voice, Pastor Brent, and uh, that, that was uh, uh, deep in my spirit, whether he knew it or not. It, it got deep in my spirit, still thinking about it. Pastor Greg, bringing a powerful word. Um, Pastor T, it's amazing to see you, sir. And uh, again, all of these ministers bringing great word and all of this. And I'm excited to be a part of this lineup. Uh, a little intimidated at the same time. Um, I, I don't know why Pastor Greg chose to preach before me. Uh, he should have let me preach before him. But at any rate, here we are, right? Here we are. So let's go. Uh, Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power, no power, but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. John 1 and 1, right? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him and for Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made, right? Amen. We heard a little bit of that this week so far. And so let's keep going. All powers are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Verse 4, For he is a minister of God to do thee for good. If thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. He's the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for your conscience' sake. For this cause, pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues. Render to their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Verse 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. He that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, shall not kill, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness, shall not covet, if there be any other covenant commandment it is briefly comprehended in this saying namely love your neighbor as yourself love works no ill to his neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law that knowing verse 11 and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now somebody say now now, now is our salvation Nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, 
but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I felt like I needed to read the whole thing, but I'm really dealing with just a couple of verses, and uh, I appreciate again this opportunity, and we, uh, we just hope that we can share some things with you that'll help you in the days to come. I want to tell you this book that I was uh, handed and somebody uh, wanted me to read. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're live or online or I don't know what we're doing. And so uh, not that I'll ever meet Eckhart Tolle, but uh, he did write this book and it deals with self-enlightenment. I believe in self-enlightenment, but I also believe that that only comes through the power of God. I only believe what Pastor Chad was talking about on Sunday night, that the light of God is the life of God. The light of God is the light of God. These are interchangeable in God, and there is no light on earth from any other source. Paul said, even an angel comes to you and is speaking things that are not true, you put him out. And so... We understand that the power of God works only through the ordinances of God and that the authority of the believer, as Pastor Brent preached just a few months ago, it's a baton that has been handed to you or your generation. And that we have this baton of light and life and truth. And we can either teach self-enlightenment, you know, um, there, there are so many things that are pulling on people now. Uh, and one of the, I'll tell you what made me close the book and put it down, is he started early talking about my chi. I don't know what my chi is. I didn't know if that was hot tea or cold tea or <laughs> sweet tea or unsweet tea. Uh, I drink my tea with a lot of lemonade uh, and sweet, if you will. I, and so chi didn't mean anything to me, and it started talking about me working on my chi, and I decided that I wanted another donut. I didn't need to explore that any further. And so God said, I want you to write this and write it down, and don't call it the power of now. Call it the real power of now. So I'm going to talk to you for just a little bit about the real power of now. How many know what time it is right now? Now. For now, it is high time to awake out of our sleep, right? So let's talk about this for a minute. It is the enemy's absolute business to destroy the concept of time as God has intended it in your life. Pastor Greg mentioned this last night, and I was so glad to hear him say it. It was confirming to me, but he talked of a woman who said she wanted to be or felt the need to be a missionary. Is this correct? To China, I believe is what he said. And on her dying bed, her deathbed, was laying there in total regret because God had called her to be a missionary, and she never accepted the call. But time had robbed her of her destiny. Time is not your master. Come on in here now. Time is not your master. We were called to be redeemers of time. 
You say, what does that mean? I understood completely what Pastor Chad was talking about because health-wise right now, I'm healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. When I was in my teenage years, up through my teenage years, some of you may know, some of you may not, I was deaf when I was 10 years old. But on a Sunday night, I had a now moment. I was scheduled for an ocular implant. And on Sunday night, my mother took me up to the altar and set me on the altar. They poured that old stinky olive oil on me, you know. Y'all don't know nothing about that. And so they poured that olive oil on me. They didn't have that myrrh and frankincense. and No, there wasn't a Mardell's. We, we had a Piggly Wiggly, you know. And they went down to the TG&Y and got some of that five and dime olive oil and but but as a kid and I couldn't hear and I needed help and they poured that over my head because I was still in a speech impediment and so I, I I go home smelling like five and dime olive oil not the not the extra virgin olive oil just just the old milky looking olive oil y'all don't want to talk to me now but I, and so they pour it on my head and they take me home and in the morning I thought I could hear a little so instead of taking me to the ocular place mom took me over and said test him one more time at 10 years old God opened my ears all the way and I'm 53 years old today and two years ago, I had another test because I had fluid on my left ear. And she said, you have zero loss of hearing and it makes no sense at your age. When I, can I just go on and testify for a minute? Is that, that all right? I was preaching an 18-month revival in Stillwell, Oklahoma. I'd been there 18 months. And I got hit in my left eye by a piece of steel. Some of you guys that work with your hands and your eyes know a little bit about that. I go in and I watch them as they peeled my eyelids back. And he come at me with my eye wide open, you know, with a knife. Cut the blue part of my baby blue. Rolled out a piece of metal out of my eye put a drop of glue on it. Sent me home with an eye patch. A month later, they gave me glasses. I'd never had glasses in my life. They tested me, he looked at everything, and he said, you're gonna have to wear glasses with a left lens. The right lens will be clear. The left is a prism. It'll help your eye to see because your vision has been damaged. I had a 94 Chevrolet, 2500, red. And the starter went out. So I go down to O'Reilly's and buy me a starter, Brother Kevin, and I thought, I can change this myself. And I get under the Chevrolet, and I begin to pull bolts, and I'm working on this Chevrolet, and I had a chow puppy. Brand new little cinnamon chow, just a little ball of fur. Can I tell this my way? <laughs> and I had my new glasses on. 
and I couldn't see through them under that truck for some reason or another, so I folded them, I slid them in my pocket, and I kept working on my starter. I got all done with it, started the truck, everything was right. I went back inside and reached for those glasses, and they were gone. I went back outside, I looked everywhere, looked under the truck, looked around the truck, couldn't find the glasses. And I heard this noise. <laughs> Sound like rubber tires on gravel. I looked over and that little child puppy was eating my new glasses. <laughs> I had anger start building up, face turned red. I thought all kinds of bad thoughts toward that little child. $180 glasses? Yeah, y'all paid 80, I paid 180. <laughs> And I looked over there, and that child's just enjoying those lens. Just, he'd found a new toy, and I was angry. And I, I, out loud, I said, God, why? He said, because I'm the God that healeth thee. <laughs> I had my eyes checked right here in Manford just a few months ago because I had a splinter get in the corner of my eye working with wood. And she said, how old are you? 52 at the time. She said, you have 20-20 at 50. Y'all are a tough crowd, tough crowd. You say, Brother Jason, what are you saying? I'm saying I, I serve a God who's in my now. Because now it is high time to awaken and realize that God is calling you not to be like them, but to be set apart as an example of his glory and his healing power over your life. He's not looking for you to fit in. He's looking for you to stand out. You say, Brother Jason, what are you talking about? I'm talking about God is raising up an army of believers who have been bought by the blood, healed by his stripes, bathed in his spirit and sealed to the day of redemption. I'm talking about a right now God that when you're rowing the boat in the middle of a storm and it looks like all hell is breaking out around you and you might be going down and darkness tries to creep in, I promise you he's there somewhere because you've never been in a storm yet that he wasn't in your now moment. He's a now God who is an ever-present help in time of trouble. It's not that he might help you on Wednesday. And if you walk right and talk right, he might help you on Thursday. And if, if you do everything religiously correct, uh, he'll get in your Friday. Uh, I promise you he's in your tomorrow right now. He's an on-time God. Uh, yes, he is. 
If you don't believe me, you can ask the children of Israel trapped at a Red Sea by a mean old Pharaoh and his army. They had water all around them and Pharaoh on their track. But out of nowhere, my God stepped in and built a highway just like that. He's an on-time God. Hallelujah. You can ask the 5,000 hungry souls he fed down at the banks of a river with two fish and five loaves of bread. They were hungry. They didn't know what they were going to do. The disciples said, send them out for victuals, King James vernacular. And Jesus looked at them and said, you feed them. How can I feed them when I have nothing of my own? I come to tell you that when you hand fish to a Savior, He's a right now God who will give you what you need and that more than enough and feed everybody who is with you. He's on time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all pray for me. But 2020 was significant. There were so many people that went into 2020 and they were saying, this is the only 2020 we'll ever see. This must be a year of getting our vision right and seeing things clearly. But instead, the enemy robbed them of 12 months and some way made them convinced that if we could get out of this year and into 2020, that something would be better, something would be greater, something would change. But God is not trying to get you through a year. He's trying to be in your moment of every day of the year every trial you face and if you're here today and you're struggling uh, I, I, somebody said you know we sing a song when Jesus passes by well, he's not coming I'm not, I'm not going to pick on your music. I'm just going to preach about me. Is that all right? I, y'all, everybody gets mad when I preach about them so I just preach about me. He, he's not coming no, 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 he's not coming. He's not coming. He's not going to pass by. This, this, this isn't Old Testament stuff. This, this isn't pre-cross requisites. This is when he stepped up out of the grave and said, if I'm in you and you're in me, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. Shell is a moment that means the moment you speak, you have whatsoever you say. He's not coming. He was here when T walked through the back door. He was here when Woody sat down on the front row. He was here when Pastor Craig got on row two. He was here the moment Varnell sat down in his seat. He got here when you were here because 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. Not in the world to come. 
Not, I hope so. Maybe so. We, if we had 12 steps, he would come. If we sing that song again and sister so-and-so spins around over there, he'll come. We get into Roman Gregorian time and start looking at time the way God looks at time. Here's the deal. He was camped out here waiting on the worshipers because he said, I inhabit the praise of them who will come together in my name. Can I go on? 2020 was significant. If you come out of there with nothing, you need to look back and reflect. It was important. We needed that COVID. Y'all don't like it now. We needed it. Pastor Brent's been preaching reveal for months. Pastor Greg has been talking about this stuff to me. I got in trouble for a prophecy I sent out to a bunch of my pastor friends in March of 2020. Absolutely got in trouble. And I'll tell you what it said. It said if they closed their doors completely and turned their backs as ministry on the needs of the people. They will be marked with the mark of Cain. God said that to me. I sent it to him and him and a few others. They were sending stuff back to me and they were bringing it back. You say, Brother Jason, did we shut down? We shut down when it was necessary, when it was ravaging our people. Yes, we shut down. But we never shut the ministry down because we were anointed to be there. We needed to see who people were going to be, who they really are, and what the depth of their backbone was. I have never encountered the spineless, jellyfish, whitewashed, Philistine people that call themselves men of God. They have no sand in them. They have no backbone. They'll stand there and pray for lines of people and fold under a 3% mortality. You don't have to like me. I'm leaving at 12. I had pastors calling me and ripping into me because our doors were open. And those who were talking about us are still not open. I told them, I said, I'd rather, I would rather die of COVID than to have a lost person knock on my church door and there's no power on in the inside. Hallelujah. You can get mad. It don't make me no lick of difference. If you're here and you're quarantining right now, I'm preaching to you. I'm going to sit over here. This is the most intelligent virus I've ever seen in my entire life. 
It knows if you're standing up or you're sitting down. It knows if you're six feet away or seven feet away. It knows if you're eating or if you're not eating. It knows if your mask is working or if it's not working. It knows when you're at work and not at work. It knows when you go to church and when you don't. That virus is so intelligent that it knows when your truck's in the parking lot. It knows so much that it must be demonic. Let me tell you what happens to demons when the church rises up in power and gets in a right now moment. Jezebel got up in the window and she put her Maybelline on. Maybe it was her, maybe it was Maybelline. But she put her face on and put on her best dress and got her best face on and got her hair just right and did all those things. Why? Because there was a man of God coming. She had 850, I see Fidelis back there. Is a, a, Hello, sir. 850 uh, prophets of Baal. But I also found out that at noon on the top of Mount Carmel, Baal was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. So 850, the man of God rolls up and says, is there anybody up there who is still on the Lord's side? You say, Brother Jason, what's going on in America? Well, let me help you. When one woman can run 850 men, she has two choices, get saved and get right, or emasculated men will throw you out a window. Y'all don't like it. You say, Brother Jason, what are you saying? If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll send AIDS back to the pit. Shirley Caesar, I'll send diabetes back to the pit. You see, the real men of God right now are seeing cancers healed. The real men of God are seeing COVID cases healed. The real men of God are seeing people starting to drift back in the church that said, I, I, I hadn't been to church in years, but, but, but is it all right if I come in? Let me tell you something. When the falling away happens and the seats start emptying out, God will take a drunk out from under a bridge somewhere with a fifth of Jack in his pocket and heroin in his arms, and he'll clean him up and trace him out and put a suit on him and sit him in your seat when you're unfaithful to the cause of Christ. I, I, I could have spread this out over a week, but I just got an hour, so y'all pray for me. We serve a right now God. We need to be a right now people. I, I'm trying to hurry on, but we need to be a right now people. You say, what does it mean? 
You need to understand what Pastor Chad and these other ministers have been talking about, that the life of Christ is inside you now. You can't earn it. The Bible says none of us are righteous, no, not one. It also says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not worthy in ourselves to be called the sons of God. But the Bible says that the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You say, what does it mean? It means that we are waking up. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to pray. They fall asleep. He comes back, wakes them up. They fall asleep again. He says, couldn't you give me one hour? The last time he speaks to them on this manner, he says, sleep on. Sleep on, for my time has come. Some of you don't know how to go on without the people that you thought were supporting you. Not everybody's going to love your flavor. We're in a shaking like I've never seen in my life. This is not about a virus. It's about a shaking. It's about being shaken to the point that you're going to find out who is with you and who's against you. Ministers, you need to brace yourself for those that don't like you. And pay attention because ministry is not about rainbows and skittles and unicorns and butterflies. It's a bloody gospel. I said it's bloody. It's about fighting a good fight. It's about I've been cast down, but not forsaken. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Jason? That's the bad part of it. Let's get into the good. Are you ready for this? God is calling us to get outside of time. Can I treat you a minute? God is, for, for those that don't know what that is, that's, that's an old rhema term. I'm going to pull you into this and watch you, I want you to pay close attention. God is trying to pull us out of time. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Jason? We are so bound by time and as ministers, because of laying empty hands on empty heads, we have tried to make an allowance for God when he doesn't heal instantly. Amen. Well, you know, sister, sometimes these kind take a moment. I believe you'll feel a little better tomorrow. Boy, they're quiet. Jesus didn't say a thing about miracles taking time. He said they don't work because of unbelief. 
Hallelujah. And in this sermon series that I've been preaching, God dealt with me to preach on these kind. How many understand Jesus was minding his own business one day and a man went to the disciples and he said, would you pray for my child? And they did and nothing happened. He came and told on them. He did. He said, your disciples prayed for mine and not one thing happened. Jesus said, bam. Whoop. And then he looks at the disciples and he chastises them and he said, these kind only come out by prayer and fasting. You know what he was saying to them? He said, hey guys, y'all haven't been praying or fasting. You want to see these kind healed? You want to see these kind cast out? You want to see these kind delivered? Fast and pray. Praying is communication to God. Let your needs be known. He already knows. He knows the desires of your heart, but he wants you to take it back to the garden. And he wants you to get in covenant commitment to him of walking with him day by day. Praying is you talking to God. People said, Brother Jason, can you teach us to pray? Yes, I can. Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner. Fasting is not for God. People say, I'm going to fast until we see a move of God. It don't work that way. Fasting is so God can move you. So you can move mountains. Come on in here now. God wants you to put your flesh under subjection so that he can use you for his glory. It's not about you at all. It has nothing to do with you. It's about God taking something that the world cast aside and the devil tried to destroy and God pulling it off the trash heap, cleaning it up and polishing it and putting it on his trophy case and saying, look there, devil, that's what I can do. You say, Brother Jason, I'd, I've been good all my life. Yeah, that's what the rich young ruler said. He was so blessed, God couldn't even bless him. I'm offering you the kingdom. Well, I'm rich already. Well, I'm offering you to take up your cross and follow me. I've already done all these things. You know what his problem was? He had three problems. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. It's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. That's what the Bible says. It's hard for a young man. They, you know, when I was a young man, about 20 or so, yeah, I knew it all. I knew everything. By 30, I was starting to think, maybe I didn't, but... <clears throat> By 40, I thought, I thought, well, maybe my old man did know something. I don't know. And by 50, I thought, I wish I'd have listened. Huh? 
Let's go on. Say this with me. Say living. I'm going to give you one more chance. Say living in the past is impossible. People say, you know what your problem is? You're living in the past. It's impossible. You can't live in the past. You can only destroy your now. You can only damage your now. You can only be disobedient now. You say, well, I've been disobedient through all of this and God doing this and God doing that. The Bible says, take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow takes thought of itself. You're not to think of tomorrow in the terms of here or there. You're not supposed to dwell in your past. We are people who are supposed to be out of time. We get so caught up in the first of the month. I preached this some time back. I had a lady that was on a monthly check. She got just good and lit up at me. I'm not picking on how you get paid. I'm not picking on how you get paid. But we are not supposed to be a people that are barely getting by. We're not supposed to be a people who are bound by the first of the month. We have days we dread. <coughs> we have days we rejoice over. TGIF. And then Monday comes and it's, did you know the highest rate of suicide in the United States is between 7 and 9 o'clock on Monday morning? Because people wake up on Monday morning and hope is gone. And they feel like failures. And things are happening. They begin to take their own lives. And people dread Monday. But I found out that the God on the mountain is the God in the valley. He's the same God on Monday that he is on Friday. I'm preaching simple truth to you, but we're not supposed to be bound by time. We're not supposed to be bound by when and where and how. We're not supposed to be bound by all of these things. I, uh, I wrote a poem last night. I'm a poet, and you didn't know it. Are y'all ready for this? I sent it to... I text Shane. I said, are you awake? He texts back and said, yes. What's up? I said, I wrote a poem. <laughs> Pastor T, put this to music. Here it is. You ready? Take no thought of tomorrow is the name of it. I wrote this at 11.15 last night. There is no there. Not for you and not for me. For when you get there, it becomes your here. God is not really here nor there. He's simply everywhere. For if he was here, there would be no there. So here and there are really the same. He said, when two or three agree, I am there. Yet when you and I agree, he is here. If I'm in him and he's in me, then it doesn't matter whether it's here or there. 
or when or where. So in the real power of now, when I get there, my there is here and my here is there. You say, Brother Jason, what are you saying? We live in this concept. If I can get my church to there, if I can get the ministry to there. They say, are y'all building yet? Well, we're not there. I'm plowing five rows wide, and some of y'all don't know it. He said, have you changed jobs? Well, I'm not there. I'm trying to get my mind to where I can accept where I'm going and what I'm supposed to do. And Are you preaching yet? Well, I'm not there. I talked to a gentleman a few, uh, few months ago. He was a powerhouse preacher in Muskogee. And some people, you know, when you walk up to them, you, you know, you don't know if they're saved or not. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, you got to take a second to determine. He was lost. And I knew it the minute I walked up to him. His language, the way he was acting, what he was doing, what he was carrying, all it, it, I, I, I didn't know him. I said, wow. He said, I'm just struggling. And I said, what's going on in your life? And he said, I need to go back to the church. And I need to go back and do what I'm called to do. But I'm just not there. If you're waiting on there to manifest itself, you will stay here forever. Because God is neither here nor there. He's everywhere. And if you put Him in a box and pull Him over to A or B, if you said, God is there, God told me in, in the reason I wrote this, God spoke to me and He said, if I was there, here would cease to exist. And so... I don't know what you're struggling with today. I don't know what your sickness is. I don't know what the doctors told you, but you're here. And it's now. And today is the day of salvation. Today it is high time to awake out of your sleep and recognize that he's not trying to heal you when you get to there. He wants to heal you in your here. He wants to get in your here and now. People believe and denominations teach it that somehow we earn his acceptance and somehow we earn him looking at us. If I could just get him to look at me. Pastor Greg looked at y'all for an hour last night and some of you didn't know God was staring at you. See, y'all don't like it now. Let me preach back over here. Dude. He was preaching and telling us stuff and some people didn't understand it because he, there, I could feel it. It was seven-headed monsters and you know what, Nile crocodile and, and what's he talking about? 
The problem was they weren't here, they were there, and they should have been here in the moment, in the now, sponging and soaking up what God was saying, but one of those rotten heads had their mind off of over there somewhere, and they were thinking about what they had to do and where they had to go and what time it was, and they've already kept us, you know, till 10.30 and on and on and on and on. I could feel it in the room, and so I determined that I was going to praise for you. I was going to worship for you. I was going to have a now moment, just me and God, no matter what anybody around me did. And last night I cast off some things and I come out of here. I'm going to tell you, my skin was crawling when I got here last night because I've had kids by myself for 13 days. And I come in here last night and I said, anxiety has no place in me. I am now a child of God. I'm not going to be a child of God. I'm a now God. I'm in it now. I'm in it to win it now. These are the games that matter. Brother Jason, you know, I'm going because this guy's speaking and this crowd's singing and this, uh, let me tell you something. There was a little stir in here this morning. Can I talk like I want to talk? There was a little stir in here this morning because the Romeros went to the stage and T wasn't up there. And you missed your moment. Because the now was that the Romeros had the song. I'm here, I'm your lawyer. You're missing moments in your life because you're waiting on a pie in the sky. You're waiting on someone to call you to the front. Get your tail to the front and praise. The bench is up here. Get on the bench. Get the jersey on. Pull the helmet down and buckle it up. Get your pads on. When God calls your name, pastor will call you off the bench. You're used by how you show up to play. People get in a game and say, if we could just get out of this game, we'll get to the next one. God's trying to win it right now through you. Listen, but if you won't do it, There's a straggler out on the edge that doesn't even know who he is. He's just on the backside of the desert somewhere with a few sheep and he's got uh, dreadlocks and weird looking hair and he smells bad and the dad's ashamed of him so he put him over there. He didn't come through the lineup but he's back on the backside somewhere going, God is faithful. I bless the Lord at all times. Uh, seven times a day do I praise you. Uh, he's on the backside uh, and he's killing bears and killing lions and when Goliath steps up he said this ain't nothing he'll fall just like the rest hallelujah you say, Brother Jason, what are you telling us? We are in the Arise Conference is now this is now it's, don't wait till tonight get it now you say, I'm anointed, but I don't know what to do. Come to the front and get it today. Get it now. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Praise 
We're waiting on God to do something. And he's saying, as he is, so are we in this world. You're him. That's it. You're probably the only Jesus your family's going to see. We get into fiery furnaces. We get into lion's dens, and we're in it, and we're a, we're a victim, and we're in It's hot in here. I don't understand what's going on. Why did the king get mad? Why did they turn it up seven times hotter? Who threw me in here anyway? Amen. I don't want to be here. But there were three boys who went into the fiery furnace looking for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all don't like me messing with your nursery rhymes. They go into the fiery furnace. They throw them in there. They stand up and they're loose. Everything's burned off of them. And Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, Babylon, Middle Eastern, he looks over the rail and he says, we threw three men in there. We used to sing an old song back in church, back in old church. You know, I have an old gospel song down in my soul. And it said, it said, I'll never forget what mama said as she shouted through the door. She said, there's four men in the fire. He's still in the fire and he's walking in the flames and he'll be there to help you when you call upon his name. And he can still deliver by his almighty power because here below, it's good to know he's still in the fire. He's still in the fire. He's still in the fire. You say, I don't understand. I don't understand life. I don't understand what's going on. My business, my this, my health, my that. Listen, when you stop being a victim in the fiery furnace, they'll bring you out put clean clothes on you and change the laws Nebuchadnezzar brought them out and he told the people he said you will never speak against this God again you can check me on it that's the part of the story nobody tells Nebuchadnezzar changed the whole laws of the kingdom because there were three boys he couldn't burn Amen. I've been burnt I've been on fire. What's that adage about sometimes when you're pastoring, it feels like the world's on fire, your bike's on fire, your shorts are on fire? Huh? Hello, pastors. Where are y'all? I know your people are here. You can still say amen. Let me read some stuff to you. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are three things in there that you need to know. There's evidence. There's hope. And there's faith. And there's substance. There's a lot going on in that verse. You say, Brother Jason, why are you sharing that with us? Watch this now. You need to get to the point that when people ask you what time it is, just tell them now. I mean, they want to know what you're doing now. So you just tell them it's now. I tease my people all the time. They know this stuff. 
There's a little cartoon, you know. What time is it? What time is it? Y'all act like y'all don't have kids. <laughs> it's now. What time is ministry? Now. What time? When is the best time to get saved? When's the best time to be filled with the Spirit? Now, now right now. When is the best time, the best time to start that business? Because when God speaks to you, it is an automatic thing for humans to begin to download and analyze. And Okay, so he said it today, but did he mean today? This goes all the way back to the garden. And the serpent looks at Eve and says, I know what he said. But did he really mean that? I mean, do you really think you're going to die? He's not going to kill you. I mean, I, what he really said, Eve, what he really said was, I don't want you to be like me. This is the oldest lie in the book that she could eat a piece of fruit and be like God. She was already like God. She was already made in his image and in his likeness and the devil convinced her that God didn't want her to be like him. Guess what? I'm just like him. You say, God is nothing like me. He's a lot like me. I got a bad temper left to myself. People say, God doesn't have a temper. Well... Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to kill them all. Uh, how many? All three and a half million of them. I'm going to kill them all. Not only am I going to kill... I mean, I can see God just getting Eddie Murphy eyes. You know what I'm saying? Not only am I going to kill them all, I'm going to raise up a whole generation and call them Mosesites. And Moses steps in between people and God's anger and says, God, don't do it. The Egyptians will mock you. And God repented. Boy, that don't preach pretty at all. It don't preach pretty. For God to have repented of his anger. You say, well, Brother Jason, I don't understand that. Well, you should because God sent Jesus because Jesus didn't have that problem. They, they don't like this, Brother Greg. God sent Jesus because Jesus could be nailed to a cross. You tried to nail God to a cross and he'll kill you all burn you down and call 10,000 angels and there wouldn't even be a Jerusalem. See, some of y'all can't swallow that, but, but it's in the Word. You can read it for yourself. And you say, Brother Jason, what, what, what are you talking about? Listen, I'm created in His image and His likeness and I look just like Him, but I struggle to be like Him. Because I want to be like Jesus, but most of the time I feel more like Peter. 
I can walk on water as long as the storm isn't too big. I'll go with you to be crucified as long as they're not crucifying me. Yeah, I see, y'all don't like this. It'll get better in a second. I, I identify with Peter because there were days when they said, you're that preacher kid, and I said, I don't even know him. Y'all see, y'all don't want to be honest. I had my days when I didn't even understand who I was. But God, in his infinite grace and mercy, come into my now and begin to deal with me and begin to show me who I was. I preached revivals all over the, the, uh, all over the United States, all over, everywhere. Uh, when I was a young man in my 20s, 26, 27, uh, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, I don't know how I have to think about the years. I was preaching 260, 270 times a year. And Brother Greg nailed me to the gate last night. I would preach the hell straight out of them and get in the car and despise them. Y'all see, y'all don't like that real truth. Brother Greg said it last night. Y'all thought it was funny. Get in the car and just... get my preaching face on Sunday morning see miracles and healings and deliverance and didn't love people and Jesus asked Peter three times he said do you love me Peter got indignant he said yes I love you feed my sheep Peter do you love me Jesus you you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? The third time, Peter's anger kind of started. Why is he questioning me? And he gets indignant. Jesus, you know I love you. So God started dealing with me. He said, do you love me? I said, of course I love you. He said, define love. Give me a definition of of love I pulled out the good old Webster's you know love will keep us together well no it won't Captain and Tennille got a divorce hmm? it killed Whitney Houston in a bathtub see now y'all don't want to talk Huh? Who's cheating who? Who don't even care anymore? <laughs> Who's wrong or right? Whose car is parked next door? <laughs> Lie. Lies. Y'all tell lies. Love will not keep you together. Let me define love for you. John defines it this way. He says, God is love. So when you define love, it's 
spelled with three letters G O D. God is love, and love is God. And so if you don't love, you don't have God. And if you love God or think you love God and you're doing His work, but you're, but you're not loving the people, you need to sit down. Amen. And you need to get a revelation, not only of who you are and why you're here, but who God is. I'm getting ready to get out of here. People want, they want the now kind of love that comes from God, but they also want to hang on to their past. The past is like a fuzzy blanket. When Jaden, my baby, was tiny, it's just me and her. She had a green fuzzy blanket. And it was everything to her. They sold new ones at Walmart, but she knew when I switched her blanket. And even though the new one felt better, smelled better, looked better, didn't have a horse hair on it. She didn't want it. And God is trying to hand you new ministry, new levels for new devils, new things, new power, new depths, new things. He's trying, to, he's trying to take us higher than we've ever been in our lives. But we want to take the past with us. Tell your neighbor one more time, it's impossible, it's impossible. to live in the past. Because if you're trying to live in the past, all you're doing is destroying your now. All right, I got to go. I'm going to tell you just a little quick something here, and then I'm going to I'm going to pray for you if you want prayer, and I'll pray for whoever comes. When you look at the things that are from God, how many understand they're immediate? God said, let there be light. And 47 million years later, uh, it started kind of getting light. And it kind He said, let there be light. And it was. Is that what King James said? It, and it was. And it was so good, he looked back over his shoulder and said, and it was good. Huh? There was no one to praise him. He praised himself. And so as he is doing these things, God began to deal with me. If I put a, a lighter under your hand, when will it hurt? Why? Because it's from God. You put your hand in water and say, eventually I'll get wet. No? No? You stand in the presence of God and say, if I do this enough, it should affect me. See, God is right now. And when he speaks, it's now. It's always now. This is how this, the revelations in this word are so powerful is that although they're 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years old, when you read them, they're now. 
Hallelujah. I've already preached myself happy. I'm sorry y'all are all sad. Hallelujah. So watch this, and I'm going to leave you with this. Moses encountered a burning bush, and yet the bush was not burning. Why was it not burning? Because the God that set the bush on fire is out of time. Let me say that again. For Where's my... I got a Bible reader in here. The, when Moses saw a bush burning, he turned aside to see this thing. We understand that it was not a phenomenon for bushes to catch on fire, that it got so hot in those desert climates that bushes would explode uh, and just combust. We read about it. This was not a phenomenon. What the phenomenon was is Moses saw that bush on fire and he goes, well, there's another bush on fire. And then moments later, the bush is still on fire and he come back and, he's, and it's still on fire and he thinks, now this is something to see. He walks over and God speaks to Moses. I feel the Holy Ghost. And says, take your shoes off you're on holy ground. Now watch this. Fire may come at you. It will burn. It will make you feel the heat. You will know you're in a fire. But in the life of a child of God, the fire you encounter does not have the ability to burn you unless you walk in unbelief. Because the fire that come, although the enemy sent it, he really didn't send it at all because all powers are under the direction of a mighty God. Amen. Come on in here now, let me get finished. Y'all gonna help me finish this, won't you? No? The enemy does things to you. You say, Brother Jason, man, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. Yes, you are. And the enemy did it, but he only did it because God said he could. So y'all don't like that. All things were made by him and for him and without him was not anything made that was made, even the devil. <laughs> you say, Brother Jason, I don't understand. The fiery furnace is not even about you. It's the biggest setup in your entire life. You say, you don't know what I'm going through. Um, maybe we do. Maybe we've been through it. Maybe we have been in the fire and understand. Well, why won't pastor help me? Because it is yours to learn your identity in the fire and recognize that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. 
and that he's working all things for your good. Well, why am I going through this? You really only had to go three days, but you chose to get in the tomb and complain and moan and badmouth the guy that whipped you and talk and cuss the guy that put a crown on you and the guy that drove the nails in your hand, that sorry Roman dog. When Jesus stretched out into eternity with one hand on the left and one on the right in his worst possible predicament he had ever been in, looks at a thief and says, today. He said, if you are who you say you are, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you are who you say you are, take me with you. Jesus beaten and whipped and condemned to die, mocked him, scourged him, hung him out as a murderer between heaven and hell. The earth is groaning and moaning because that's our Savior on the cross and the earth is convulsing and the darkness is coming. Lightning is flashing and Jesus, impervious to it all, looks over and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, the cross wasn't even about him. It was about you and you and you. It was those that were coming so the sons of God would manifest and become so much like him that the earth would convulse and move and darkness and lightning flash when the enemy reached out to touch you. See, the cross is not about him. Well, then it's about me. Well, not really. The cross is not really about you either. Why? Because as he is, so are we. It's not really about you either. It's about everyone you're bringing with you. And then it won't really be about them. It'll be about that next generation and that next generation. Stop carrying that cross around so proudly and getting up on it and just, I'm just dying daily. Well, come on now. We need warriors, not victims. If you've been a victim for six months or better, you're no longer a victim. You're a volunteer. They've been abusing me for 10 years. You're a volunteer. She abuses me every day. You're a volunteer. Don't don't come to me and tell me you're a victim. I may not even pray for you. You're volunteering to be abused. All right, I'm gonna leave y'all. That's uh, psychology 101, (laughs) according to the cowboy. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you, tomorrow. Everything is about something else except the moment you're living in. Songs, wonderful gospel music. I was raised on gospel music and some of it is completely unbiblical. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to read this poem to you one more time. 
Here's my poem one more time. I need you to get a hold of this because this is your now. This is where God turns the tide. This is where you walk out of this building free. This is where you come tonight and listen to the real powers and enjoy what he has to say because you're free. I didn't get free until I let God into my now. I was always working for something down the road. God said, I just want to walk with you now. Take no thought of tomorrow. Here it is. There is no there. Not for you and not for me. For when you get there, it becomes your here. God is not really here nor there. He's simply everywhere. For if he was here, there would be no there. So here and there, they're really the same. He said, when two or three agree, I am there. Yet when you and I agree, he is here. If I'm in him and he's in me, then it doesn't matter whether he's here or there or when or where. So in the power, the real power of now, when I get there, my there is here and my here is there. Now I want to put that into your spirit. You can't keep putting off what God has called you to do today. Receive the assignment and follow Him today. You're not going to be able to hide on a seat. You're not going to be able to hide in the back. You're not going to be able to sit off to the side and God overlook you. You need to pay attention to what He's doing. Pay attention to what He's doing. He's working now. For now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. Hallelujah. How many would like God to step into your now? You say, Brother Jason, I just wish he would. Well, guess what? He already has. Because before you got here today, he was here. Before you get into Wednesday, he's there. Before you get to Friday and your paycheck, he's there. He's in the moment. He's in the right now. He's in the midst of the storm. He's in every battle that you go through. When two or three agree, he's there. And I want you to receive that. Father, in the name of Jesus. Pastor T, would you? In the name of Jesus, I ask you, God, that you overshadow Lake Church, all that are here in attendance in this house. And I ask you, Father, that you smile on them, bless them, cover them by your power. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest on them. Bring them into a current situation with everything they're facing. Let them see that storms are not about them. Trials are not about them. They may be the only one in that storm that believes God is able. They may be the only one in the fiery furnace that believes that God is there. They may be the only one in that whole family facing trials that has the spirit of a living God on the inside of them. Let them be a now, a relevant moment in time. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you want prayer, just run to the front. I'm not pulling, I'm not pushing, prodding. Just run to the front. No, absolutely. Just come.
Just come, just come. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, just come right now. We'll pray for two or 200. It makes no difference. Just hallelujah. I just wanted to, I don't, I'm not stealing your thunder. You stay no, right sir. here. In fact, I'm going to add to. Yes, sir. What's funny about what pastor shared today, God gave me a word three weeks ago. And I missed sharing it with my church the Sunday after. And then I thought I was supposed to share it this past uh, Sunday. And then God said, no, you were supposed to save that word for right now. And it's a quick quote. I'm going to share this quote with you and you can write it down just as long as you make sure you write my name next to it. No, just kidding. Listen to this. It was just right on point. This is what God gave me three weeks ago. We cannot make corrections from our past or properly prepare for the future if we are not seizing the now. Hallelujah. I'll read it one more time. Come on, We church. cannot correct, make corrections from our past or properly prepare for the future if we are not seizing our now. God gave that to me, and he said, today is the day you need to share this quote. Now. Hallelujah. Now. It's titled at the top, The Now. The Now. The now. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Hallelujah. You. I love confirmation. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Glory to God. That was weak. Somebody give God praise yes. in this house. Yes. Hallelujah. He's a right now God. He's on time. He's never been late. We wonder sometimes, God, where are you? He's inside you. In him we move and have our being. Without him, I'm nothing. Did you know that if God would hold his breath for five minutes, we would all be dead? If he took a deep breath in, it would kill us all. But because he is. Say this with me. Say, I am because he is. Say it again. Say, I am because he is. Hallelujah. Who shall I say sends me? He said, tell him I am. Go ahead, Pastor T. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus. We speak over this gentleman right now, God, by your power, by your anointing. In the name of Jesus, I speak life into his body. What the doctors have said over him, what they said was terminal. What they said he would carry the rest of his life. I speak healing into him right now. In the name of Jesus. Bring him into a now miracle, a moment in time, God, where you invade his circumstance. There is nothing inside of him, Father, but the life of Christ. Breathe on him. There it goes. Breathe on him. Take it. Breathe on him, Holy Ghost. Just receive it. Breathe on him, Holy Ghost. Breathe on him, Holy Ghost. Seal him, Father, for ministry. What they said he couldn't do, do through him in Jesus' name. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Brand him for the future. Fire of God. Fire of God. Take it all, sir. Fire of God. Take it all. Leave no stone unturned. 
I speak over your past. I speak over your family. I speak on where you came from. I speak over broken ties and broken relationships. God says, pick up the phone and call home. In the name of Jesus, call your people. Call your people. I'm not sorry. Doesn't matter. You call and tell them, I'm sorry, even though it wasn't you. It was them. Let them go. In the name of Jesus, forgive them. Set them free. Set them free. This is a thorn. God's pulling splinters in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's pulling splinters right now. Every splinter. Every splinter. Call your brother. In the name of Jesus. Breathe on him, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I don't know his name or his driver's license number, but, but God knows his heart. God's healing you right now. It's healing you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All the way through. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Breathe on him. Holy Ghost. Take it all. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Trials and trauma comes. People walk away. People leave you. People break your heart. People abandon you. People do all kinds of crazy things. This is not about people. This is about you, God, your relationship, and the ministry that you're not doing. And right now, God is speaking for you. He said there was a moment in time when you were like Elisha and there was a mantle on the ground. You could have picked it up and smote that river and walked through. And now, now it is high time to awake, put all that past behind you because you're not living in the past, you're damaging the now. And in the name of Jesus, this is not your fault. You got caught in a bad situation and people treated you unfairly. But in the name of Jesus, it's coming off of you now. Now, it's coming off of you now. Fire of God, fire, fire of God, fire of God, fire of God. Rest on her right now. Fire of God, fire of God, fire, let it go. Forgive them and let it all go. In the name of Jesus, fire of God, mark her, bring her back, bring her through. And let her latter days be greater than her former. In the name of Jesus. Restoration. 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 In the name of Jesus. Just receive that. You shall receive power. Yes. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, you're about out of time. If you need prayer, you're about out of time. We're about two people from a chicken sandwich. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your ministry looks different, okay? It looks different. You're not Candace, right? But you're a powers. You come through some deep lineage. You come through some long mantles. You come through heavy prophecy. The enemy tried to kill you when you were little. 
tried to damage you and destroy you, tried to mark you and mar you. You got scars, baby. You got scars. You got things that people don't even know about. Daddy doesn't even know. Here's the deal. That was then. This is now. That was then. And this is now. And now it's high time for you to take up your cross and follow him. Oh, you're a believer. Make no mistake. You're a worshiper. You're a praiser. You'll do anything you ask and do it beyond expectation. But there's a connection with God that has been disconnected in your own personal heart. And today we're going to fix that. We're going to set you on fire. And you're going to go back to Kansas and take over your area, your space, what belongs to you, what the enemy meant for evil. God is making it good. He's working it out right now. This has affected you in anxiety. It's affected you in your breathing. It's affected you in your lungs. It's affected you in your skin crawling. It's all affected you. It's coming off right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this in her body, in her mind. I bring her out of the past that tried to keep her shackled. Mistakes, people, things, in the name of Jesus, it all leaves her now. She's in the now. This is now. This is a now moment. Right now. Now. Breathe on her. Now, God, in Jesus' name, set her free from every bondage of the past and make her now relevant in Jesus' name. Come off of her every splinter, everything that has tried to damage her tried to harm her and tried to keep her captive come off of her now now let the fire of God rest on her bathe her set her free of this in Jesus name by whose stripes by whose stripes by whose stripes by whose stripes you were healed in Jesus name completely whole that's the fire of God that's the fire of God that's the fire of God. Rest on her in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. He said you came from a long ways off. You stand out in the family, stand out in the crowd. They don't understand your commitment. But you're different. It's because you're called. It's because he chose you. Sickness couldn't kill you when you were in the womb. Couldn't kill you in your young days. Car wrecks, things the enemy tried to destroy you with. None of that, none of that was able to take your life. You couldn't even take your own life. Even though it crossed your mind, God intervened when you didn't even know him like you know him now. He's been God through it all. He's a Psalms 91 God, and he gives his angels charge over you. That means the day you were conceived, an angel was assigned to you to watch you, to bring you to this moment, to the now moment in your life 
where God can pull you up and use you for his glory. You keep coming. You keep going. You keep showing up. You put the helmet on. Put the jersey on. Keep showing up. Don't, don't push. Just be patient. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing. Father, I ask, this young man's got a David anointing. He's got the kind of anointing that he'd pick up a stone and charge a giant if he thought it was right. I ask you, God, to bring him up to the forefront, that you bring healing to him, that you use him, that everything he's gone through is nothing more than a weapon against an enemy that tried to destroy him. In the name of Jesus, overshadow him and smile on him. Heal his heart. 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 And let the glory of God rest on him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Rest on him right now. In Jesus' name. Father, touch him. Use him for your glory. Use him for your glory. Use him for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, God. In Jesus' name. Receive that. Receive that. You're different. It's okay. So am I. But we're all, this whole crew's different. We're all different in our own way, in uniqueness. But you put your hand to what you feel. Play the instrument. Sing the song. Do whatever. Study. Write it down. Doodle. Are you a doodler? Thought so. Doodle. White paper or yellow paper? White. Yeah, I'm yellow. <laughs> Write it down. Those are important. Those are your thoughts. Okay? God will use them later. Put scripture to it. Turn it into homiletics. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus. Worshipper. Came from a long ways off. Enemy tried to destroy her too. Wow, he really tried to destroy you. He almost messed your mind up. He almost made you believe you were crazy. <laughs> when they said, oh, honey, you're depressed, you almost fell into it. When they said, well, your family is, you are too. You almost fell into it. But somewhere in the middle of all that, God pulled you out gave you a chance taught you how to worship and it's in worship that you find your sanity and I speak to you right now sweetheart you're not crazy you're not even depressed you've just been under assignment and what the enemy meant for evil God's making it good He's in your now. He's always been in your now because if he had not been in your now, you would have taken your life. But here you stand. Here you stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we close all these doors. We're closing doors. We're closing doors. We're closing doors. Suicide has no place in you. Depression has no place in you. These are old spirits that came up through your family and they've been around a long time. You say, I have that conquered. 
I know you do, but they have still picked at you. And so today we shut these doors. We close this down and we set flaming swords in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, come off of her. Break every yoke is destroyed in Jesus' name. Take it. Take it. Say, I am because he is. In Jesus' name. You don't have to fit in. You don't even have to blend in. You are a yellow tulip in a whole field of roses. Yellow. Why yellow? I don't know why yellow. God said yellow. Said you understood. Yellow. In a field of roses. He saw you. He's watched you. He's covered you. Receive this now. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Rest on her mind. Rest on her mind. In Jesus' name. Devil, we caught you. You're a liar. You're a thief. You trespassed into property that didn't belong to you. We caught you. The devil's defeated and God is exalted. In Jesus' name, breathe on her. Bre Shh. He's breathing on you now. Breathe on her. Holy Ghost, receive that. I don't know you, sweetheart. Seen you a couple of times. But he knows your name, your address, where you live, what you came through, and where you're going. And believe me, life is not over. You've only begun to live. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Miss Sherry. Miss <laughs> Sherry. God said, just receive. Just receive. You just need strength for the next level. You achieved. You received. God opened doors when they told you it wasn't possible. But then the strain came. And that lying virus and all the things that have affected us. Give her fire, Father, for the journey. Give her strength and power. Give her strength and power. Strength and power. You shall receive Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, he's coming on you fresh, fresh, fresh. You, you need to pray in the Spirit. You've had that locked up in there. Come on, let it out. Pray in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, take that strength, take that strength, take that strength. Hallelujah. 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 I like Candace. Hallelujah. I like her reckless abandon when she praises. When are you going to record that? Put that in a CD. When are you going to finish it? No more is now. But more's not coming. More's now. Now, open your mind to it right now. 
Open your mind to right now. <laughs> right now. This is a now moment. It's not coming, it's here. It's not coming, it's here. Here. Here, right now in this moment. The ability, Father, to put all of this together in one session. Earth shaking, devil chasing, sin erasing, worship that breaks down barriers and doors. You are struggling within yourself for the design of the music. Father says, pull, pull from your mind, pull from DJ, pull from the blend. It's okay. He's leading you into something powerful. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, I speak over her right now that every time she opens her mouth to praise, it's a now moment and an awakening, an awakening for the people. In Jesus' name, breathe on her, Holy Ghost. Breathe on her, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's a mantle. There's a mantle in this house, pastors, Ministers, there's a mantle in this house. Somebody move. Somebody bring their mantle. Somebody come impart. Now, right now, in Jesus' name, there's impartation. There it is. Oh, there it is. They showed Omata. I see. And they so. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire. Fire of God. Fire of God. Rest on her right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, that when she sings and when they play, God, that it destroys yokes, destroys yokes. Cancers fall to the floor. Diabetes is corrected. Eyes are open. Ears. In the name of Jesus. Do it, God. That conviction, we need conviction. That conviction comes from songs she sings and people want to be right. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's an impartation. Thank God for Pastor Ramon's obedience to God. He's pouring into you right now. It's the missing piece. In Jesus' name. Receive it. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, right now, by your power, by your anointing. Father, we ask you. We ask you that you breathe on her. Touch her. God said to tell you it doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter who your family was doesn't matter how you ended up where you are for right now it is now this is now this is this moment with you and God the past is irrelevant you can't change it you can't go back and fix it but today you're standing here in the presence of now he's moving on you he's touching your mind touching your spirit 
Leave no stone unturned. Give him everything. Give, do it. Give him everything right now. Surrender completely to him and to his will and his way. To his will and his way. To his will and his way. In the name of Jesus. Are you married? No? Good. Stay there. Don't, don't, don't leave me. Stay there. Good. Because the boys I saw around you are not for you. I was hoping you hadn't crossed that line. Here's what God says. He says, if you'll be patient. Are you Lake Church? Where are you from? Wichita. Keep praying. Don't leave me. Pastor Kenny's kid. You run, you run them little boys by Miss Lori Powers. If she don't like them, you need to not like them. Y'all, you better listen. The enemy would send you a counterfeit and completely alter the course of where you're going. But God's got somebody who's going to walk beside you and fight the good fight of faith and he'll lead you he'll take care of you and he'll treat you like a man has never treated you in your past they lied to you they told you they loved you they were liars they were players they were messing but they were touching God's anointed so receive this right now in the name of Jesus that God has great things for you up around the river bend He's coming with the right things at the right time. Take your time. In Jesus' name, receive this right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Seal her mind. Seal her heart. Seal her spirit. In Jesus' name. Seal her. In the name of Jesus. That no enemy can come through. In Jesus' name, touch your Father right now. That's the fire of God resting on you. Just let it flow. Let it flow. I know, feels like it's 150 up here. Just receive it. Just receive it. You're anointed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, speak over Anna, God, right now. Father, open every door that you want her through. Close every door you don't want her in. Father, lead her, guide her. God says, Roosevelt, Roosevelt, walk softly, carry a big stick. Was that Roosevelt? Truman? Roosevelt? I heard him say Roosevelt. This is when you are in a leadership quality is when you know how to speak and know when to be quiet. It's when you know how to fight and know when to walk away from a battle. It's when you know how to get in the fire knowing the fire has no power over you. 
It's knowing that the fire is there and you're not alone, but you may be the only one that has a connection. And so receive this now that God seals you, covers you, and lets you speak softly and carry a big stick. In Jesus' name, smile on her right now, God. Let your glory rest on her right now, God. In the name of Jesus. Now, in Jesus' name, right now. Breathe on her right now, right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God says you've walked through money. That may sound strange, but he said you've walked through money. And it had no power over you. It never became a God to you. But you understood it. And that he's sending things through you to set people free. It's because you're unselfish. It's because you're always wondering, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? He said you're a worshiper. And that he's moving you closer to the stage. And in the name of Jesus... God is opening doors you can't even believe. I'm out on a limb here. I usually don't get into people's business this far, but he's opening a door for you, and I see a degree on the wall. He said, finish the degree. Finish the degree. Finish the degree. Finish it. You've been sidetracked. Finish it. Make the call. Finish what you started. It's important to where you're going. In the name of Jesus, people sidetrack you. Circumstances, things happening, sidetrack. They get us delayed. But delayed is not anything other than God pulling you into the perfect moment in your life. This is it. This is the turning point. This is where he says, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose life. Someone almost took you out when you were little, but here you stand, anointed, with an amazing calling and a degree on the wall. In Jesus' name, finish what God started. The Bible says, He that began a good work in you, don't you know He's going to finish well? In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the fire of a living God rest on her now. Consume her thoughts. Consume her mind. Bring healing to her heart. In the name of Jesus, overshadow her right now. Right. There it goes. Right. There it goes. Right now. In Jesus' name, receive that healing. Receive that manifestation of his power. Receive. This is a now moment. You and God, we're going places. In the name of Jesus, you almost settled. God don't want you to settle. He wants you to excel. You're exceptional. You're exceptional. You're one of them we call exceptional. 
you just really don't fit in most places. He said, you're not supposed to be selling chicken nuggets. That's not your thing. You're good at anything you do, but that's not your calling. Get ready to fly. Get ready to soar. In Jesus' name. I wish I had a worshiper. wish I had a praiser. Somebody help me praise him. Somebody help me praise him. In the name of Jesus. Receive that. Receive that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Pastor Greg. Would you give Pastor Greg a hand as he comes? Hallelujah. Bless you, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we want to remind you tonight, 7 o'clock, we're going to be having... What are we going to be having, Bob? Chicken wraps. Chicken wrap Tuesday. All right. So I want to encourage you to be here at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a powerful time. And uh, we're just going to look for just great things. I'm expecting great things. Amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.